Lord, we are overcome by your presence. We thank you, Lord, for these moments together that we can stand united in your presence. We thank you for your church, Lord, all over the world that's meeting today, Lord. We thank you that you're building your church. We thank you that the gates of hell shall not prevail against your church. And Lord, this morning, we look to your word. We thank you for your word. It's powerful. It's living. It's active. Lord God, it transforms our lives. Lord, we pray for this word this morning, that we'd have a new awe of it this morning, Lord God. And this morning, as we speak out of this word, I pray our hearts would be open, ready to receive all that you want to say. Lord, challenge and encourage us and build our lives from your word today, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. Welcome to City Church. It's so great to have you here this morning, whether you're in the building, online. It's great to be gathered together on a Sunday morning. Why don't you give this team a huge hand? They are amazing. We are so grateful for you all. It's incredible. Well, hey, I just wanted to highlight before we get into the Word this morning uh, that we do have this interest meeting for our Bali missions trip, which is coming up in November. And I wanted to highlight it because I'm really excited about this trip. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for our church um, to get out uh, onto the field in another country and see some of the great work of Mercy Indonesia. So can I encourage you, maybe if you've just had a little inkling of interest, uh, to come along to this meeting, find out a little bit more about it, and maybe it'll capture your heart and uh, we could go on a trip together to Bali. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Bali together, right? Like, it sounds great, doesn't it? So, uh, But it's going to be a great time there, seeing some of the great work and, and the great ministry areas that really there's a, there's a huge area of influence in many different fields. Um, in Indonesia from this incredible ministry. And so come and find out more about it after the service in the parents' room. It will be fantastic. Well, my name is Ben. I'm one of the team here at City Church. In fact, my full name is Benjamin James Sattler. I was born in Singleton Hospital on the 26th of August, 1987. There you go. You can probably get into all my passwords with that information if you need. Uh, but uh, welcome, that's my name, that's who I am, and I'm excited to, uh, to bring the Word today and to be starting our Faith Foundation series, and we're going to be talking about the Bible this morning, the Word of God. It's the first one of our series over six weeks. We're going to just be talking about different faith foundations in Christianity. Now, we started our, really our theme and our vision and our launch for the year last weekend talking about God's plan over my will. And if we want to be a church that has God's plan over our will, then we need to have faith foundations in our life that help guide and direct us to be those kind of people. Now, the Word of God, I can't think of a better one to start with this morning than the foundation of the Word of God. It's so important that we understand the power and the significance of the Word of God when it comes to living a life of faith and making sure it is the foundation upon what our Christian life is built on. See, personalities come and go, pastors come and leave, churches go through good seasons and bad seasons, but the Word of God stands tall in every season. The Word of God is what we build our lives on as disciples of Jesus Christ. I remember when I was in high school and I got radically saved in our youth ministry, 
And I remember going to school and at lunch times I would go and read my little black Bible in the library. What a nerd, right? Here I was in the library, I would read my little black Bible and I just, I just couldn't put it down. I was just so excited to read what was in this Bible and, and to read what was going on and read the stories. It just felt all fresh and new and real and exciting. And some of my friends would look at me as I was sitting there at the library cubicle at lunchtime and they'd be saying to me, Ben, why do you read this Bible? Like, what's so good about it? And what do you do once you've read it? Then it's all done. Do you just put it up on the shelf and then it's kind of done? And I was trying to, in my lack of understanding, explain to them, no, no, no. Like it's what I was trying to say is it's living, it's active, it's real, it's speaking to me. There's more, it's more than just a book. It's the word of God. And in the the small understanding of my vocabulary, I couldn't get that out, but I was just so excited to read it. And I guess that's what we need to understand about the Bible. It's more than just a book. It is the Word of God. It's living. It's active. It's real. It's doing something. I mean, imagine the Apostle Paul today, realizing that every one of us walk around each day in our pockets with the Old and the New Testament, and we have access to it any time that we like. I mean, it's not on some kind of stone. It's not on some kind of scroll that would just be taken to the temple and just read on Sundays at the temple. I mean, we have the Word of God whenever we want it. We have it in our pocket. We have access to it. The Apostle Paul would have been completely overwhelmed with the understanding of the access to the Word of God that we have whenever we like. I mean, we could even have someone read it to us on version. We don't even have to read it. We can just be listening to it. It's crazy the access we have to the Word of God. And yet with all of that access, isn't it true that we can be guilty with just taking it for granted? Not reading it as much as we should. Finding ourselves filling up on a Sunday, but not taking this fuel for our lives, the Word of God every day and allowing it to energize our faith life and help us to be who God has called us to be. See, the Bible, it's the most sold book ever. The Bible is the most shoplifted book. The Bible is the most banned book in history. The Bible is written over 1,500 years by 40 authors in three languages and collated into 66 books. The Bible has prophecies hundreds of years apart that were fulfilled. It maintains the central theme and message despite hundreds of years of time between its writings, multiple authors, and each person over different locations and different languages speaking the same thing. The Bible is God's infallible word in print, which shares the story of God and His love for humanity. The Bible can transform your life because it leads you to the author who spoke through the people that wrote it, and that author is Jesus. And so when you open the Word of God, the author is always present. There is no other book like that. It's transformative. It can change your life. But yet, we can find ourselves just putting it on the shelf, leaving it in our pockets and not opening it, allowing yourself to access this life-giving word. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, the word of God. It feeds and builds our lives. I sold my motorbike on Friday night. Cue the, oh, so sad, isn't it? It's very sad. And, um, the, 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 the gentleman that come over to buy the motorbike from me, 
um, asked me, what do you do for work? And I said, I'm a pastor. He said, oh. I'm like, oh, this could go either way, trying to sell the bike here. And he goes, oh, oh, I guess you're trustworthy then. And I'm like, well, I went on the good side. That's fantastic. And he goes, oh, actually, my friends recently gave me a King James Bible. As if like King James Bible is a completely different Bible to a normal Bible, the way that he was kind of talking. And then I was thinking to myself, what kind of friend gave you a King James Bible? Straight up. And, and, and so, and that been, so I've been reading the King James Bible. And he started to tell me about that. I said, oh, fantastic. And we started talking about the Bible. And eventually I'm signing off the documents. And I said to him, hey, if you keep reading that Bible, I reckon you'll meet the author. And, uh, and I was just talking to him about that. And he was saying, Where, whereabouts in the Bible should, should I read? And, and different things like that, that he was just so open to it. And I thought, people are more open to the Bible than perhaps they're even open to church. And yet, we can be so consumed with getting someone to church. Let's get someone to Jesus. And because if they get them to Jesus, they're going to get to church anyway. But it's actually about Jesus. But it made me think about the fact that the Bible, it actually has the power to transform. And the more that you read it, the more you develop your relationship with God, the more you get closer to Him, the more you learn about what it is to be a Christian and to walk out this thing called faith. I love in Psalm 1 verse 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. That's the kind of life that I want to live, where this is my foundation and source, that in the root of my life is bringing vitality through my life. And as I walk and live, no matter the season that I go through, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the fire or the water, as we've been singing about this morning, I would feel refreshed and that I would not faint in those seasons, but that I would have life-giving vitality running through me because of God's Word that is strengthening me from another source that this world cannot offer. That's what I want. So this morning, the key text that I want to look at is this, 2 Timothy 3, verse 12 to 17. It says this, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. How blessing, how much of a blessing is that? Take that down, write that down. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's because your life is so contrary to the world that you live in. And the Bible should make you that way, that you are different to the people that are around you. It says in verse 13, While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, say that, but as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, the power of the Word of God. Verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, 
correcting and training in righteousness, which means right standing with God, so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There is a description of what the Word of God can do in your life, a foundation that you can build upon as you allow the Word of God to soak into your life, as you marinate it and as you read it and meditate on it, the Word of God will do these things in your life. You don't need to wait for Sunday for a preacher to tell you a few funny stories, to give you the Word and a few great points and a great message title. You can go directly to the Word of God yourself, and it can feed and nourish your faith life. And as you do that, we'll become a people of faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Remember, we are the household of faith, and so this Bible is our manual for living that life of faith. And so let's look at some encouragements around the Word of God this morning out of this passage that help us to be able to live this kind of life And seven points and seven encouragements around the Word of God. The first one is, number one, make it a must. Make it a must. When it comes to the Word of God, make it something that is part of your daily schedule. Make it part of the rhythm of your life. Make it a must because it's this thing that will build and sustain you and strengthen you no matter what season you face in life. Now, even at times when you open the Word of God and you feel like, hey, today I doesn't feel like I'm getting much out of it. It feels dry. It feels like there's nothing much there. It's still doing you good. You eat three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and sometimes they're they're non-memorable meals. But yet they're feeding and they're nourishing your life. And if you stop doing it, ultimately you're going to be malnourished. It's the same when it comes to the Word of God. Build a rhythm in your life of the Word of God. I'm not trying to be religious today. Because remember, this is life-giving. This is what's giving you strength and food. We're called to allow it to build our lives. I'm not saying be religious. I'm saying be in the Word. Make it part of your rhythm as a disciple of Christ. It's so important to be in the Word. It says here, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It's transforming you. It's working in your life as you allow the Word of God to be coming into your life as you read it. It'll lead you to Jesus, it'll lead you to fellowship, it'll lead you to wisdom, it'll lead you to health, it'll lead you to relationships. In fact, if I could only pick one discipline, this is dangerous to say, I'd encourage you to read the Word of God because it's going to lead you to prayer. It's going to lead you to fellowship. It's going to lead you to relationship. It's going to lead you to health. It's going to be God speaking to you. And if we're hearers of the Word, we become doers of the Word and we start to be transformed by the Word of God. It's so important that we do that. Psalm 119 verse 160 says, The very essence of your word is truth. All your just regulations stand forever. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. You know, the Center for Bible Engagement, they conducted a survey with over 400,000 North Americans And they looked at people's rhythms when it comes to the Word of God and looked at some of the statistics and the details around how we read the Word of God. And they weren't even looking for this, but they discovered an interesting thing that stood out. That if people engage with the Word of God, 
four times or more a week, they saw greater transformation in their lives. So one time, two times, three times, one and two times, it was kind of nominal. Their touch point with the Bible might have been once on a Sunday when the preacher said, open up, open up the Bible and speak to them then. And that was maybe the only touch point for their week. There wasn't a lot of transformation. Even two times a week, two touch points with Scripture in the week, it didn't seem like there was much change. It started to make a change at three times a week. But once it hit four times a week, more days than not in the week, someone opened up the Word of God and engaged with it. They saw some interesting statistics that took place. Here's some of the things that took place. Someone who engaged four times or more a week, they were 228% more likely to share their faith with others. That's pretty amazing. 407% more likely to memorize Scripture. 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. Anger issues dropped by 32%. Alcoholism dropped by 57%. Pornography and other sexual sins dropped by 62%. Relational issues, especially in marriage, dropped by 40%. And feeling spiritually stagnant dropped by 60%. Just as people made the decision to engage with the Word of God more regularly in the week than they didn't. They had more days in the week where they opened up that Word and allowed it to feed their life than they didn't. Four times or more. Can you imagine the power of a church that said, you know what, every day we're going to read this Word. We're going to open up this book and understand the power of it to transform my life. If we did that every day, imagine the transformation of you in a year or two years' time, three years' time. Imagine the transformation in this church as we continue to live in Christ. It's the, it's the manual for our life. We don't just need discipleship courses. We need to go to the discipler, which is the Word of God, and allow it to feed and transform us. And we have to, in the culture that we live in, make this a personal choice because it's so easy to be fed by somebody else, a podcast or a listen to someone else or this story, that story. You know what? There's something that somebody else can't do for us. They can't open up that book and just go to it for ourselves. Can I encourage you this year, make it a must. When it comes to the Word of God, make it a must. It is a foundation to build your life on. The second thing this morning is this, be mesmerized by it. Be mesmerized by it. It says this in 2 Timothy 3.16, All Scripture is God-breathed. Did you get that? All Scripture is God-breathed. It's not just an inspiring text, a philosophical book, a great teaching, great moral doctrine. It is actually inspired, God-breathed. It's God guiding through those authors and God speaking to you and I today. It's God-breathed. The Bible it should be something we are mesmerized by. It's like when you have a baby. I haven't had one myself, but... The child comes out and you just fall in love with this beautiful child. You didn't even know how much love you had in your bank to be able to give to someone. And this child is born... And you're like, this is crazy how much I love this kid. And you're holding this kid for the first time. And you're just like, I love this child. It's just pure love. There's nothing that's holding back. 
it's a bit like us when we become believers and we, we open the word and we start to get fed by it and the stories jump out and we're reading things for the first time and you read the book of John and you, you realize how God loves you personally. You realize how like from, uh, from eternity, from always onwards, God has been working and moving this redemption story through humanity and he started this thousands of years ago and so that it would collide with me and the story would meet me and the cross and God's love. It's touched me today where I'm at and it's like, it's, it's overwhelming. It's like holding that child. Well, as that child gets older, they start saying no. They start fighting back. They start doing things like leaving their mess in your house. They, 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 they do things and all of a sudden you can think, oh, I liked you when you were a baby. Now you talk. And you, can, and you can lose the awe of it. And it takes a moment to go, oh, I love my kids. I'm so blessed to have my kids. And it's like that with the Word of God. Sometimes we have to go back to just remembering what we have. We have it in our pockets. We have access to it. We can talk about it whenever we want. And, and, and we, one day we fell in love with it. But as time goes on, we're like, oh, I'm just reading a book. I'm just reading a book. I'm just reading a book. No, you're not just reading a book. You're reading the life-giving Word of God. Be mesmerized by it again. Understand it. I, re- I remember last year I was doing the Bible reading plan in, in 12 months. I've been doing the Nicky Gumbel uh, 12-month Bible reading plan. And it's been fantastic. I've done that over the last few years. But what I realized as I was coming to the end of the year, I was just getting through my list to tick it off that I'd done it that day. And I realized as I was getting to the end of the year, I'm not mesmerized by this anymore. I'm just trying to get my tick and I feel great about it. My ticks are up. My doer's going great. I love it. I've, I've got my ticks for the day. I feel good. A little green tick came up, but I didn't take anything in. And so I stopped. And this year I said, you know, I'm just going to read the Bible and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to just I'm gonna breeze through it. And I'm going to stop where I want to stop. And I'm going to go deeper into those bits because I couldn't do that before because I just had to get it the next day. And, and I just, I've enjoyed just being able to dig into it and just be mesmerized by the Word again. And sometimes we've got to do that. We've got to just change our rhythms to make sure that we are still mesmerized by the Word of God. It's powerful and it's transformative. The third thing this morning is this, to memorize it. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed and it is useful for teaching. Good teaching is repetition. As we repeat, as we go through, as we continue to read passages that we've read before, and we, we, we are memorizing it. Our muscle memory, our spiritual faith muscle memory is coming there. You know, it says in Scripture that, that God will be able to recall Scriptures. In, in John 14, verse 26, it says, But the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and listen to this, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. How can he bring it to your remembrance if you didn't first remember it? If you're not reading it, it can't be coming back in in a situation where you need it. And yet that's why it's so important when you eat your vegetables, when you eat the things you don't want to eat, even in times that it doesn't feel like it's doing anything, it's actually bringing nutrition. It's the same with the Word of God. When you begin to eat the Word of God, begin to consume it, and it feels like, hey, days, I'm not, I'm not getting anything out of this. Well, hey, God's still working. He's still moving. And perhaps it's on those days that you think the least is going to happen, that God is actually going to bring something to your remembrance in the future. And so the Word of God is so important to make sure that we have that there. 
That's why Sunday school and the beautiful work of our kids' workers and what they do in planting the Word of God into kids at a young age and helping them to be able to recall that is so powerful. You know, I read this uh, just uh, through this week. It says this, A critic once wrote a letter to a magazine saying, Over the years, I suppose I've gone to church more than a thousand times. And I can't remember the specific content of even one sermon over those many years. What good was it to go to church a thousand times? The next week, someone wrote back, Over the past many years, I have eaten more than a thousand meals prepared by my wife. I cannot remember the specific menu of any of those meals, but they nourished me along the way, and without them, I wouldn't be as much a different man. The Bible will do its spiritual work in us if we let it. And isn't that true? That it's doing work in us even when we don't expect it. The, third, the, the fourth thing this morning is this, let it be a mirror. It says here, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. And then it says this word that we don't like, rebuking. Rebuking. See, Scripture is like this beautiful mirror that is not mine, may I just say, but I did borrow it this morning. It's Steve Ollie's. Um, But the Word of God is like a mirror. When you look at the Word of God, it shows you who you are. Now, I look at this mirror and and I want to be Brad Pitt. But it shows me Ben. I look at this mirror, it's broken, something's wrong with it. Um, I look at this mirror and, and I want to have massive biceps like Marty Jensen, but it just shows me bends. There's a lot about it that I don't like, but it just shows me who I am. And it's the same when we open up this word. When we begin to allow it to speak to us, it actually shows you who you are. Not who you want to be, who you are. It challenges you. It rebukes you in the areas of your life where you are a bit ugly. In the areas of your life where there does need transformation and change. It shows you exactly who you are. And in some ways, it gently but firmly rebukes you. And the Bible challenges us to live up to this expectation of what it means to be a believer. It challenges us to transform, to live our lives in alignment with the Word, to come up to who God has called us to be. As the church of Jesus Christ, it gives us a standard to rise to. And we look at that thing and sometimes we don't like what we see because it's a mirror. But yet it begins to transform and change us into His image into his likeness transforming us day to day into his image it says in hebrews 4 verse 12 for the word of god is alive and it's powerful we've spoken about that this morning it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires ouch nothing in all creation is hidden from god Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. It is a rebuke at times. And my gosh, we need it. (laughs) To be transformed, sometimes we need God to look us in the face and say, Hey, come on, come up higher. Change that thinking. Come up higher. Change that language. Come up higher. 
there's more in you. There's more in you. And as you allow that word to rebuke you, it's transforming you. When we read the word, it reads us. When we open up the, the word, the author's there with us. Number five, let it be your spiritual map. It says all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, and then this word correcting. Your GPS, if it's a good GPS and you start taking the wrong direction, it does this thing called rerouting. And it's like, yep, you're a fool. You've made the wrong turn, but I'm rerouting it to get you back on track. And that's what the word does. It reroutes, it corrects, it gets your life back into alignment where it should be. Starts moving in the right direction. It's a spiritual map. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path, the word says. As we allow it to, it guides us into the life that God has designed for you and I. The sixth thing is that we should meditate on it. We should allow the word to go deep into our lives and to transform us. If you imagine your thoughts are like a car driving you somewhere, where are you going? When you meditate on the Word, it's always going to take you to a place of praise. It's always going to take you to a place of, uh, of good rhythm. It's always going to take you to a place of peace and hope and joy. When we allow ourselves to meditate on it, the power of meditating on the Word, not just treating it as a book that we've got to get through the chapters, but taking some time to think about what we've read. God, what are you saying to me about this? It might be one verse. It might be one small line. But yet it can be transformative if you allow yourself to think through it. Meditate on it. Allow it to correct. Allow it to train in righteousness. That's what it means to meditate on. It's training you in righteousness. As you meditate and think it through, it's helping you become who you're meant to be. Like that passage in Psalm 1 where it talks about those who delight in the law of the law and who meditate on it day and night. That's the power of the transformation. See, what you meditate on transforms you. You are meditating on things. And it is transforming you. But what's the leader? Allow it to be the Word. Be transformed by the Word. And finally this morning, we've got through seven quickly. Move in alignment with the Word of God. It says it's for correcting and training in righteousness. Verse 17, So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I guess what it's saying here is that we're not trying to create sermon appreciation societies. The Word of God is so that we would apply it so that we would be hearers and that we would be doers of the Word. We can gather around, we can talk about the Word day in, day night. We can go through it as much as we like, but the idea of the Word of God is that it's not just something we talk about. It's something that we apply and that we do and that we allow to transform our lives. It's helping you move in alignment with God. See, I wrote this down. A marching band moves in alignment with a field commander. An orchestra moves in alignment with a conductor. An army moves in alignment with a commander. A disciple of Jesus moves in alignment with the Word of God. As a disciple, that's what you are called to do. As the Word says it, we apply it. We move towards it. As we said before, man does not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Would you join me this year in getting a new appreciation for the Word of God and allowing it to be a faith foundation that is unshakable in your life, building a rhythm where you are engaging with the Word of God so that it is engaging with you and transforming you. And I'm telling you, you might not even see the difference, but people around you will see the difference of somebody that lives their life in the Word. Our community will know the difference of a church that lives in the Word and allows this thing to transform every part of our being so that we are maturing as Christ intended for every one of us. So would you stand with me this morning? Grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God, it stands forever. Lord, this morning, we are reminded again how powerful this book is. Yeah, it's the most illegal book in the world. Countries that have banned people being able to even view it because they know the transformative power of it. Yeah, it's been stolen from bookstores. Yeah, it's the most sold book ever in all of the world. But Lord, we understand this morning, it's not just a book. It is your word collected to be spoken to us today. Here in 21st century Australia, where we are in our context right now in Mount Riverview, even though it was collated over hundreds of years, 2,000 years ago, yet this word, it speaks to us today because it's your word. You are the author. And Lord Jesus, I pray, give us a new appreciation for your word. Let us be a church this year that stands on the foundation of your word. Let it transform our minds, our thinking, the way we speak, the way we behave, our habits, and how we live and love one another. Let it transform everything about our lives. Let us be a church that is renewed by the word of God, I pray. Standing strong in every season because your word gives vitality and strength beyond what this world could give. And we pray for that this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. You know, if you don't know Jesus this morning, we've talked about his word. He loves you. He wants to know you personally. He wants to have a relationship with you. He's not a religious God. He's a relational God. And we're talking about the Bible today because that's God's love letter to us. But can I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, it's as simple as opening up your heart and saying, God, I want to have a relationship with you. I'm sorry for my sins and the mistakes I've made, but I'll receive your forgiveness and I give you my heart. And that's the start of a journey of knowing God and living for God that will change your future. And you can pray that simply this morning. As we do this worship song, you can pray that in your heart to God this morning. And then I want to encourage you to do something brave. Come and tell someone about that decision because we'd love to encourage you and help you in your journey of faith as you follow Jesus. But church, as we finish this morning, let's find ourselves in this thing all year. Let's find ourselves daily in the Word of God, even if it's a verse. Just get a rhythm of allowing it to transform your life because I'm telling you, people of the Word are powerful people. People of the Word are transformed people in Jesus' name. 